You know, there's a few reasons why I don't believe that any sort of new democratic party or similar political stripe is in charge of British Columbia right now. Like somebody else is, whether Jim Pattison or someone else, um, or the you know United States of America is in charge of this banana republic called BC and Canada. <clears throat> One of them is WorkSafe BC not being shut down. Okay, look, people died in sawmills. And WorkSafe did fuck all for those families, okay? And yet, and, and everybody freaks out. The New Democratic Party of BC freaks out when they're in opposition. And then you get in power and you forget about workers who died? You can't be serious, right? Like you, how, how is that possible that you suddenly forget about workers who died? You didn't shut it down. You didn't make it move cities to, you know, cities where they do real work. You didn't do anything. And by real work, you know, I just, the lower mainland, I don't know. I guess you'd have to be smarter than me and look at the statistics about who gets really hurt or not hurt. And, you know, then WorkSafe denies me my application, okay? People in the workforce terrorized me and they deny me my application. I have limped into fucking job applications, into interviews, okay? I had an appendectomy that required me to stay in the hospital for a week because this shit blew up inside me. I couldn't even walk. I went into an interview in the BC government in their real estate development area, which used to do real estate. I couldn't even hardly fucking walk and I'm going in for the job interview. But you're telling me that I'm making up my application for WorkSafe? I've moved 50 times across BC in the country for work, for school and work. But you're telling me I'm not the guy who wants to be in the workplace? I'm just making it up. I'm malingering. That organization should be shut down. You wouldn't believe what they did. And I've said this in another podcast, but I don't know if people get it. So I'm going to say it again. My little sister was like 21. Born in Kamloops. Raised in Kamloops. Grew up in Kamloops. Hired by a company in Kamloops. Deployed out of Kamloops to be a firefighter now they just happen to go up to the northwest territories for a fire and she gets in a car accident up there puts an f-250 in a roll at 100 kilometers an hour which ended very badly for her she became paraplegic you know what WorkSafe said WorkSafe bc said well it's not our problem yeah you know it's out of bc it's not our issue fuck you it's not your issue and this is this is the bureaucracy right and this is not just the bureaucracy, it's every white fucking retard in BC and Canada not taking responsibility. Not taking responsibility for what it is you are supposed to do, which is protect people and help people succeed. So you have a young woman who's in university, gets hurt like that, like devastating injury, and you say, yeah, yeah, it's not our it's not our issue. I, I want to tell you the specifics. So Northwest Territories. What they say is, well, you know, we pay our firefighters about $11 an hour. So, we'll pay your sister $11 an hour for the rest of her life. $11 an hour being, you know, basically minimum wage. So, here's this kid who's 21. She's in university. She quite clearly is going to make far exceeding $11 an hour. They don't care that all the firefighters in the Northwest Territories go on 
federal employment insurance during the off season and earn other income, not based on firefighting. They don't care about that. They don't factor that in, right? Stupid as fuck, right? ICBC doesn't care, even though it was a car accident. They're like, well, it's at work, you know, so we're out. We don't care. They show up for two minutes at a hospital in Edmonton and they're gone. No support. Even though they had sitting there 150,000 and at this time, like they were called like section seven benefits or something that they're supposed to hand out and be like, yeah, okay, we'll get you a car. We'll get you, modify the house. We'll do, we'll do. They don't do a fucking, they don't even tell you about it. They don't tell you it's there. You know, it's locked in a cabinet in the basement behind a cougar in the pitch black. You know, you have to wade through a, a two kilometer tunnel to get to that filing cabinet to figure out there's a $150,000 there, right? That's your modern insurance company. Your modern public sector insurance company with human beings that receive your application knowing that your sister has been paralyzed and they still don't give a fuck and they still don't help your family. So I go through this in the in the hospital system. I'm basically on death's door the whole time. I don't have any money myself. You know, I'm applying for jobs, but I've picked up this serial killer. I mean, attracted the I've been I've been placed in the crosshairs of some serial killer. Most likely Stephen Harper and his, you know, demonic control of the armed forces in Canada and his cult religion that he belongs to, some wackadoodle evangelical fucking retards, right? <coughs> who who, you know, they believe in the one God who's going to come with the Lord of Light and save the humanity or some shit. So, I pick up, you know, I attract the attention of a serial killer. While I'm dealing with that, I'm trying to save my sister's life, right? In the hospitals. And I'm on death's door. I have hardly any money for food and housing. Hardly any. I'm looking for work. I'm trying to figure out what the hell am I doing. I'm in a new city. I'm just totally broken trying to put this together. You know, out of that, I, I, uh, a friend calls me up and says, Hey, Hey, you want to do this energy trading startup? And I said, look, man, I, I'm exhausted. Like I got nothing for you. He's like, don't worry. Just come and just try and help me figure this out. I'm like, shit. And I think I said on one condition, look, I don't want to interview. I don't want to try and tell people I, I'm good or I can do the job. I'll try and help you. But man, I just, you know, I'm really screwed up right now. So we try and do this thing and we, we you know, we, we make this mistake of trying to work with people of like omnipotent wealth compared to anybody in British Columbia, you know, like just stupid wealth. Second generation money. So the first generation is always the entrepreneur, right? The risk taker. They, they, they love it. They love putting it on the line. They love risking it. They love succeeding. They like failing because that's part of succeeding. The second generation is just trying to protect the wealth, right? Because they got a whole family now that they have to like support their coke addicts, you know, coke problem and their, you know, the fact that they don't work, right? Like they, so they're just like, okay, we just can't really lose the money. So they weren't really interested in, in like investing, you know, like really taking a risk. They, you know, they're, they're smart about it, right? Like they, they, they knew what they were doing but they weren't really interested in us. And what a waste of time for us, right? Like if I'd have done an MBA, I would have known there's there's different types of people in the world. One is people who have a willingness to take risk and an ability to take risk, right? Some people have an ability, but no willingness. You have to have both, right? Like entrepreneurs, first generation entrepreneurs from Calgary, 
from wherever they made their money taking some risks they'll take more risks because they know they can make it back they're they're confident in their abilities they grew up with nothing they're ready to have fun and 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 starting things is fun if you're going to do a startup that's what you should get involved in so i I get involved with these people on a very simple level i'm not trying in any way you know it's just like i was so exhausted and at a certain point it came to like you know, who's going to be what or do what or get enough or when I'm like, I'm out. I just, I, I'm going back to school. I'm going to do an MBA and learn some shit. I've failed too many startups. You know, I moved to Ontario to learn about residential energy efficiency. And then I realized it was, you know, controlled by the government and, you know, there was no way to support your life based on it. So, you know, I've made too many mistakes. I got to go learn something. So I, I was going to go back to MBA school. And I did, but I was like, I, I, I was operating on like 35% of who I am normally after the going through the car accident and having every insurance company walk away from my little sister and every family member walk away. Like all of us, like the stupidest shit that white people say is, well, it'll all work out. Or, you know, don't worry. Well, no, it'll all work out because I'm making it work out. Like you understand that, right? Like it's going to work out because I'm planting the weeds. I'm harvesting it, I'm milling it into flour, I'm kneading the bread, and then when you see the fucking loaf of bread, well, that's because I did all the other work. That's why it all worked out. Okay, chicken littles? So if you think you get to eat my bread, but you haven't been there with me planting the wheat, no, you don't. You don't. So I go into, you won't believe this, right? Like there's something about trauma where you sort of relive your trauma. I go into the BC government <clears throat> and immediately, and because I was seeking kind of safety, I thought, okay, safety, like a, I got I to gotta just secure my financial position here. I'm fucked. You know, I got to rebuild. So I go into the BC government and, and right away, boom, the crash of 2008, financial crash, global markets are imploding, central banks are doing actions that are unprecedented, financial alchemy all over the globe which we haven't paid the price for yet. You know, talk to the fund manager from the big short, he'll tell you. I go in there and immediately it's like my trauma, like this financial disaster and I'm in the shit of it. I can't believe it, you know? And worse, worse, I'm a new Democrat and I found myself in this position where I'm like reporting to liberal ministers and I'm like, holy fuck, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And I can't get out. I can't get out. And I can't get out because that serial killer is stopping me, right? Because they know that theoretically I'm compromised. I'm not because I'm not doing anything untoward. But they know that they can say that I'm in this compromised position, which gives them, you know, their right with their, you know, surveillance to completely fucking murder my life, right? Which they're also doing. So I have a thousand headwinds. I have a thousand headwinds on it on, on by the situation itself, and then I have the serial killer hunting me. Stopping me from getting going in the path I want to go, which is finance and business, whether currency trading or investment management. I want to get back into finance because as far as I'm concerned, 
you know, like Crown Corp or bank sort of associated finance. It's the best risk reward ratio that I can achieve at that point in time. From where I'm living geographically, that'll help me ski fish and hike around the world. There you go, period, full stop. Okay? But I can't get out, I can't get out, I can't get out. And, and while I'm in there, I, you know, I saw this one woman, she just got fired for throwing a Frisbee on the legislature lawn. This other person gets fired, they don't even talk about it. One day he's just fired in my workplace. And, and I want to explain to people who are in the military, if you hear this, if you are poor, it is the number one indicator of death and PTSD in Canada right now, if you're poor. You will, you will have no housing, you will have unstable housing and food supply, and you will die in Canada. It's not being in the military, right? Yes, if you walk down a road in Kandahar for a year, you are going to have post-traumatic stress disorder. But just you being in the military, floating your boat around, going to some golf, no, you're not, no, you're just, you're fucking floating a boat, okay? Until you come under duress for long periods of time, and you know that's when you're going to experience it. So, poverty is the number one indicator of, like, death and PTSD across the country. Thousands of people die in BC every year. And they'll say it's drug overdose. Well, no, no. It's because that person had no stability in their life. From a basic, very basic Maslow of hierarchy of needs, um, hierarchy, right? Like, so I'm in there. I can't get out. People, you know, are getting off left and right of me. Every day is like walking down a fucking minefield. And I'm having to sort of reprogram my brain to do a good job for these people the best I can. Meanwhile, I'm like feeling inside like I have to get the fuck out of here. So I, what I do is because I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with this with integrity. So I just start. I, I make my donations like above 250 bucks, so they're very public. Here's who I am, okay? If you do two seconds of research, you can see it. You know I'm in Treasury Board staff, but you can see this if you do two seconds of research through Elections BC. I'm not, I'm not hiding. Like I'm not undercover. You know, I'm not like. And I can't get out, and I can't fucking get out. And, and what feels like, you know, a month, you know, a month in real terms feels like a year to me. So three years is like 30 years of hell. And and, and you have, you have no support while this is going on because you're not in a union. They've done this beautiful thing in the BC government where nobody in sort of like middle management is really union. In the federal government, they're union, so you have maybe somebody you can call and talk to. No, no, you're you're totally isolated, right? And and no bureaucrat is going to fight for you. Just like Roderick McIsaac, who they murdered, right? The PSA murdered that guy, and then they used the press to cover it up. They call the press and they say, yeah, make him out to be like a 40-year-old loser. He's just a co-op student. And, and this, is, this is beautiful, genius propaganda, right? They look back instead of looking forwards because that guy with his PhD in five years would have been making 120 to 200 at some university across North America, being an instructor, being a professor, right? Defined benefit pension, um, working with great colleagues, four months off a year, traveling the world, secondment over in Europe. You know what I mean? Great life, great life in five years. But what they do is they denigrate and they say, well, looking backwards, you know, he's just a fucking co-op student. Bullshit. Bullshit. 
That's your public sector in action, okay? You wouldn't believe what they have tried to do to me. And the stories and bullshit that they have told about me all throughout the BC government, it's hilarious. If there's a place that'll beat you down into fucking nothing, it is Victoria, BC and the BC government. Deputy ministers who've had no real fucking jobs in their entire life, trying to treat you like you're some peon analyst. When you have had some of the most interesting experience, corporately, professionally, of any Canadian alive in forestry, in finance, in commodities trading, right? In energy, all over the place. But they will beat you down. And that's what your straight men are enduring in the BC government. I want to be really clear, okay? I don't care who hears this. If you're straight and male and white and you go into a government, buddy, you better have some boys on the outside that you go fishing and hiking with and playing hockey with because you're going to fall apart in that workplace. They're going to take you out like they took me out. And I just cannot believe how horrible these people are and how shitty they can treat other human beings. I'd like to know the evidence that they have that I treat people badly. I would love to know that fraudulent evidence. Because if I had a recording device on about the absolute fucking disgusting people here who, like, try and beat you down and treat you like shit. You know, like, I'm at the library the other day and this this 50s bitch woman... She's like, well, you know, we've got computers in the kids section. Well, why the fuck would I want to be in the kids section? You have six computers right there that are not in the kids section. Why the fuck would I want that? And I only say that because it's like the thousandth time that someone's tried to be an asshole to me about whatever, right? Like they're trying to treat me like I'm a gay man or they're trying to treat me as if I'm female, you know, or, or whatever. I grew up with four women. I know what a woman is, and it's not me, obviously. But in Western Canada, you know, you have to define yourself, like at the courts. You have to say your pronouns out loud before they take your child away for doing nothing wrong ever. Well, he is a he, him, so now we're going to take his kid and leave him with an abuser in an abusive situation with a bunch of fucking people who don't care two shits about that child because he's their cover story, you know? There are some sort of spies for Italian billionaires or the GRU, the KGB, the CIA, whatever the fuck they are, and I don't care what they are. The kid's a fucking cover story, you know? Parade them around at the soccer game. The dad did all the work, getting them competent, showing them, teaching them how to love a game. They don't care about that. 
They didn't even care about their own two daughters. I had to do that. I had to be parent, father, brother, soccer coach, hockey coach, fucking everything. They don't care. Ministry of Children Family Development. Ministry of fuck all is what it is. So my entire life is a setup on this island of hate. Every single thing. 